Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, so thankful that I can be with you today and we can dig into God's Word and learn more and more of what He said, for that is the avenue through which faith comes if we're hearing what He said properly. This today is going to be part 15, I believe, of the series we're doing, Bible Faith in Light of the cross and I just encourage you to get your Bibles follow along with us this will be uh, I believe a very um, uh, special broadcast today as we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 8 at really what I believe uh, we see here in Matthew 8 is is Jesus and what he sees uh, because he's always looking for the fruit of faith. Those who have faith in Him, He's looking to find that faith so that He can do more in and through those individuals through that faith. And, and I believe we're going to see today in this uh, lesson uh, what Jesus thinks about faith and when He finds faith or when He doesn't find faith. And So I encourage you to uh, go back and listen to the first 14 sessions uh, that you can find on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, or audio uh, form only. You can find everything we do on the Spreaker app. And our channel is, is uh, you can type my name in, Curtis Hutchinson, but our channel's name on Spreaker is for those who have ears to hear. And I, I believe if it's the truth of God's Word that you're after, that which the Holy Spirit is attempting to teach us and guide us into, you will be thrilled and greatly encouraged as we in these last few moments uh, before the rapture takes place, the Lord is pouring out of His Spirit. That means He's pouring out the truth that His Spirit has been sent to offer. And that is what we are seeing. He is bringing an increase of knowledge of the truth of who His Son is and what His Son has accomplished and all that pertains to as we look to the Word of God. He's bringing His people back to a functionable place which is only faith in the cross. And I'm glad that we, not, not everybody, not even half of everybody, not even a quarter of everybody, but there will be a remnant within that which is the church that does not fall away, does not just get rid of this message, does, does not uh, just wax cold from love, but that will refuse to be seduced by uh, those who've crept in among us to bring great deceitful deception. And even though we may have experienced that, the Lord has awakened us unto His righteousness. He's brought us back to the focus, which is a striving together for the faith of the gospel where we can be of one mind, one spirit, speaking the same thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But before we began today, uh, before I uh, began the broadcast today, the Lord was already sharing with me next week's topic. And it will be uh, out of Ephesians 4, just for a little uh, commercial for next Friday, it will be out of Ephesians 4 concerning the purpose for the work of the ministry. Tells us right there with it. So that we can all come to the unity of the faith. It's going to be good next week. Make sure you're, you listen. And again, please make sure you go back on the avenues that I've given you to watch the first 14 sessions. You will be blessed. Uh, you will be encouraged again if it is the truth of God's Word that you're after. So let's look today in Matthew chapter 8. Again, this is part 15 on this 27th day of August 2021. And uh, let's look a little more in depth at Jesus and the topic of faith today. And here at Crossway Church, on my watch, everything we look at 
we will look at through the lens of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ at all times because there is where we find the wisdom, the power, the life of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Never forget, this life is not about crowns. This life is about a cross. If if you're reaching for crowns in this life, that means you're not carrying the cross. This life is to take up daily, Jesus said, the cross through a denial of self so that we can follow him in his footsteps. This life for the Christian, this journey as strangers is about a cross. What's coming is the crown, hallelujah, that the Lord's got laid up, a crown of righteousness, hallelujah, for those that finish their course, and the course can't be finished without the cross. Faith in the cross. Without that, there is nothing for us, my friend, but pretending and make-believing religion like every other religion. So let's make sure we stay the course, fight the fight, Keep the faith. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8, When he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now let me stop right here at the leading of the Holy Spirit and say this. Today, I believe the Lord will heal during this broadcast. If we will look to Calvary and know that there's where He paid the price, not only for us to be in heaven, but for us to have the grace we need every day, the healing, the deliverance, the power in everything, then we'll find the Holy Spirit moving, imparting, applying the very truths that come with the benefits of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So listen carefully today as the Lord attempts to load you with some of the benefits that He died for you to be able to have. And a part of that is healing, my friend. A part of that is Him bringing you through whatever that sickness might be, that disease, that lameness. He raised you up. He raised you up. Listen very carefully. In verse 2, the leper came and worshipped him. Just just worship the Lord in the midst of your whatever. Come to worship him. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. This guy comes believing, my goodness. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Oh, Jesus is the the house cleaner. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Jesus said unto him, See you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And in the old covenant you find when God healed someone, they would bring a gift to the the priest and that's what Jesus is telling him to do. He He says, tell no man, but do that which is written under the old covenant. Go show yourself to the priest. (laughs) Let just let them just show yourself. Tell no man, just show yourself. (coughs) Let them see what God has done. Hallelujah. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. A centurion, a a Roman guard in the Roman army, coming looking for Jesus, beseeching him, desiring him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented, I'm going to say what I went through with the COVID pestilence probably wasn't as grievous as this. It was no fun and I couldn't hardly function for two weeks, over two weeks. 
But I'm telling you, no matter what I could or couldn't do, I could still say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. I worship you, Lord Jesus, even when I'm sick. And I can't hardly function. My mind is so cloudy. I can't, I can't, I can't hardly... Man, if I, if I can put my Bible in my lap and I can't, I can't advance, I can't move forward, I, I can't, my mind is so cloudy, I can still say, thank you, Jesus. And even if I reach the place where I'm so incapacitated, my tongue can't move. And I can't say thank you, Jesus. If my mind is still active, I can say with my heart, without the moving of my lips, thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're my king. You're my treasure. Hallelujah. My treasure is not if I get uphealed and walk away. You're my treasure. Hallelujah. This centurion comes to Jesus. And, he, and he, he, he's beseeching him and he's telling Jesus, I got a servant at home. He's sick of the palsy. He's, he's grievously being tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Jesus was so passionate to do the Father's will. Jesus was so compassionate toward the people. As he looked and saw, there is no hope here without Him as the shepherd, without what He can offer. There is no hope. He knows that. And He says, I will come and heal Him. Can you just right now say, I believe Jesus is my healer. I, if you're hurting, if you're sick, if you're being tormented by something, I love Jesus. I, I worship you, Jesus. I, I believe you're my healer. I believe you're my great physician. I'm asking you for your touch today. I'm asking you because I know you can. I know you're able. Will you touch me today? Will you raise me up? Maybe like this centurion, you're believing for somebody else that's so in so much pain and grief that they, listen, they don't know what to do. Your faith, we'll see it right here, your faith in Christ and what you know He's able to do. Watch. Jesus said in verse 7, I, I will come and heal him. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Listen, here's a key Here's a key portion to this. We're not worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy that Jesus should even give me a look. We're not worthy that He should even speak to us. But I tell you, He loves us in spite of our unworthiness. Hallelujah. He's not focused on who's worthy and who's not. He's looking for faith. That's what He's looking for. Who will believe He is who He said He is? Who will believe that He is what His Father sent Him to be to us and for us? Who will simply believe He is the Son of God that comes with power to, to save, to heal, to deliver. He, listen, he's, I, we know we're not worthy. And Jesus is not focused on us being worthy or not. He's looking for faith, for that is what causes the virtues that the Father sent him to offer to us to come forth in our lives. Listen very carefully. I'm not worthy, the centurion said, that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only. If you'll just speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority. The centurion's telling Jesus, I have a little bit, a little understanding about authority. See, that's what's going on here. Have, have we recognized the authority that Jesus has over every devil, every sickness, every infirmity, every single thing that's not of God? Jesus has authority. He, let me, he don't just have some. He's got all authority. And this centurion is telling Jesus, I, I've got a, a little understanding of authority. Watch what he says. I'm a man under authority. I'm a man under authority. Having soldiers under me. 
And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, mm, he marveled. Jesus found a faith that amazed him. Oh, Lord, let that be what he finds in our hearts. Let that be what he finds in our hearts. That in spite of pestilence, in spite of the way things look, in spite of how we feel, let us trust the authority that Jesus has through, through what he's done at Calvary to, to manifest that authority to us, in us, for us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Jesus was amazed at what he saw. And Jesus said to them that followed him, there, I believe to me and you. Verily I say unto you, that means truly I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now this was a Roman centurion. This was not an Israelite. Yet he came believing. Listen, let me say something to you today. Whoever you are listening right now, it doesn't matter what country you live in, what tribe, nation, it doesn't matter. God, the God that created all things, that sent His Son to redeem all things through faith in His blood at the cross is not looking at color. He's not looking at money. He's not looking at anything but for a heart that will believe upon His Son. In that moment He finds that heart believing unto righteousness, He begins to pour in the benefits of that salvation and He attempts to guide us into more truth so that the things that accompany salvation can be found in our lives, us bearing the fruit of that. One of those things is healing. The Lord Jesus still heals. He still has all authority. He's still at this moment upholding all things by the word of his power. He still has to give the devil permission to do what he does. He still determines everything that's going on, allowing it, making it happen, or preventing it. He is the one who holds all authority. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm glad I know that. I'm glad that I can learn more of that daily. Jesus says, I've not found this kind of faith in Israel, the ones who should have more faith than anybody. Get that today. Is the Lord finding faith in the church? because there's where he should be finding more faith than anywhere. More faith should be being found among those who have received the Word of God just as Israel had the Word of God than anywhere. We have, as Christians, the Spirit of God. We've obeyed, at least in the beginning, the truth of God. We've received the Spirit. We've been placed in the path of righteousness with a race set before us. We've been given all things in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. What are we doing with the faith we've obtained? You see, when the Lord gave Israel the Word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. When we believed with the heart under righteousness, that was the fruit of faith because all biblical faith is right. The fruit of all biblical faith is righteousness. Romans 4.13 says it's the righteousness of faith. And we need to remember that. But Jesus says, I've, I've not found... I've not found faith like this nowhere in Israel. 
And here comes a Gentile who's heard about Jesus, who's heard about the power, the authority that he has, and, 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 and he must believe this authority that Jesus has is from God because he explains to Jesus, I'm under authority, and there are those under my authority. So I believe this centurion knew Jesus. He believed he, who he said he was. He, he was under the authority of God who sent him. And now he knows that Jesus also has things that are under his authority. And really, Jesus is the picture of what God wanted in the beginning through Adam and Eve. As long as they remained under his authority, then everything on the earth was under their dominion and authority. But once we gave that authority away by becoming submitted to another word that was not the word of God, we gave that authority away. That ought to make us more thankful today than ever before with an increasing thankfulness to know that Jesus came back or came to redeem us from the curse of the law, that place and that people that the enemy has the power of death over. And to all those who come to God through faith in Christ and His work at Calvary, they're reconciled and the devil has had the power of death stripped from him. Hebrews 2.14. We need to remember these things. Jesus goes on to say, after he says, I've not found faith like this in Israel. In verse 11, And I say unto you that many shall come... Now this is, this is one of those things that Jesus taught that make the, make the folk who wasn't right with God mad. Watch now. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west. He's talking about Gentiles. Just like this Gentile... Roman guard. Many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Listen, that ought to excite you right there. See, Jesus is letting us know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're, they're alive, just not here. They exist, just not here. They're going to be, listen, they're going to be at the table at the wedding banquet and many outside of Israel, Gentiles are going to come from the east and the west. They're going to find this Savior. They're going to find this grace offered by God through Christ and what He did at Calvary to be forgiven of their sins and become the children of God. They're going to, they're, he's going to find a people who knows they're not worthy, but He is of all adoration, praise, and worship. And they're going to accept Him as Savior, Lord, and Healer, Deliverer, and follow Him, hallelujah, all the days of their life. Just gonna, just gonna, just sell out everything like Mary Magdalene and and, and those that just said, you know what, I, 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 you know everything I've had, man, it can't compare to this one I've got now. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Just selling out. It's kind of like Paul the apostle when he had a thorn in his flesh and and he cried out to God three times, I need you to save me. I need you to deliver me. Take this thorn away. And the Lord finally tells him, He says, My grace is sufficient for you. And what that means, Paul, is that my strength is made weakness. My, my strength is made perfect, rather, in your weakness. And Paul gets a hold of that. Paul, let me say it again. Paul gets a hold of that and says, you know what? Hallelujah then. I'm going to go ahead and glory right here in my weaknesses, in this old thornful, in this old uh, infirmity of a thorn. I'm going to glory in that so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't care if I get what I'm asking for. I already have the grace of God offered to me daily that He says is sufficient, that He says I'll find through that His, 
his strength being made perfect in my weakness. And I'll also find in that, hallelujah, that the power of Christ is resting upon me no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what everybody else says, I'll know scripturally, hallelujah, what I have through the grace of God. Glory to God, hallelujah, this is good to me today. But he says, Jesus said, many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom, he's talking about Israel. He's talking about it, the children of the kingdom. He's talking about the Israel. The Israelites, the Jews, shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, it's not being a child of Abraham in the flesh that gets you a seat at the table with Abraham and the other patriarchs. It's your faith in the one that Abraham had faith in. It's, your, it's the steps of Abraham that you're walking in. Those steps of righteousness, those steps that endured to the end that believe Jesus <coughs> is the Savior, not in word, but in power. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the New Testament, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. We need to remember that. I hope you're getting the blessing today. I am. In verse 13, Jesus said unto the centurion, this Gentile believer... Go your way, and as you have believed, so be it done unto you. How had he believed? How had the centurion believed? Did he, did he, did he have some kind of uh, 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 higher level of uh, this or that? Did he, how did this centurion believe? He simply had heard who Jesus claimed to be, he simply had heard what Jesus could do. Therefore, he came and found Jesus believing that he had the authority to heal. That's it right there. Go your way and as you have believed that I'm the one that has the power to heal, that I'm the one who comes in the authority of my Father and, and everything else is under my authority. Go your way and as you have believed, so be it done unto you. Now that's powerful. Let's come back to the place today. Instead of just nonchalantly saying, well, I swear I walk, I'm good, I, you know, I, I've been a Christian since blah, 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 and I, I go to this church over here, and you know, I was baptized back. No, I ain't talking about all that. I'm talking about let's go our way, and as we have believed upon him at the first, so let our lives bear that out. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, Peter's mother-in-law, laid sick of a fever. He touched her hand. Now this is our mighty Savior. He walks over and touches the hand of Peter's mother-in-law and the fever left her. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I pray right now in Jesus' name for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray that this would be the day that the Lord begins to pour out the gifts of the Holy Spirit like never before in these last days. That we would have the gift of faith, the gift of healing, tongues, interpretation, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning of spirits, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit would find a place to function in our, in our hearts of faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that today. I pray also for those who are listening, who are hurting sick. 
I pray for those who are praying for others who are hurting and sick. I pray for those who are grieving over the loss of loved ones. And I pray for your comfort, your strength, Father, at the hand of Jesus touching us today in His holy name. I believe He's going to do exactly what we've just asked Him to do. I believe it with all my all my heart. And when I find myself in doubt, I say, Lord, help my unbelief and help me to believe more. Help me to trust more. Help me to grow stronger in this faith to trust in nothing other than You and that great sacrificial work through which all my blessings flow. This is the day. This is the day, hallelujah. Now faith is. We don't know about tomorrow and yesterday's gone forever, but we do know about today. We're in today. We've been given this measure of faith. Just keep allowing that measure of faith you've been given to stay tied to Jesus, the one in whose faith it is, and what He did for us to be able to deal us that measure of faith, which was love us and give Himself for us. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I believe the Lord's touching many hearts right now. I know that we don't have a, a big, massive crowd of followers, but th- this message doesn't gain big, massive crowds of followers. Th- th- this message gains those the Holy Spirit can touch and, and lead and change Himself. And most of what goes on in the church today is not the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why you have in certain places the big numbers of people, the, the most money. The most money is being applied by the enemy through the enemy supplied for those things that are not pointing to Calvary. Oh, he'll he'll cause you to be rich in this world in material goods finances. But I'll choose the cross. I've got a crown coming later. Today is about a cross. Later is about the riches I've been promised that are laid up for me in heaven. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Today is about a cross. Tomorrow, oh hallelujah, is about the crown of righteousness and a treasure coming. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He says that he touched her hand and the fever left her, she arose and ministered unto them. Mm. Did you hear that? When Jesus touched Peter's mother-in-law's hand, who was laying there sick of a fever. How many of you have been laying somewhere sick of a fever? How many of you might be right there, right now, listening to me laying somewhere sick of a fever? How, how many of you know somebody right now who's struggling, sick of a fever? Right now, let's join hands together through faith in the blood and let's touch those people with the hand of Jesus through faith, hallelujah, and, and ask him to raise them up in his mighty name for his mighty glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We pray for his touch upon your life and those you're praying for today. He's faithful. He's faithful. He touches. He still touches. If he didn't, you wouldn't be a believer. He still heals. If he wouldn't, nobody would make it through any disease. Nobody would make it through any virus. Nobody would make it through any sickness. But he touches some and He brings them through to a place of functionality again here because His purpose in them is not over. Some He touches and He brings them all the way through and all the way home. Hallelujah. Because what He had for them here is done and it would be time for their departure. And we're thankful. Hallelujah. For those that recover here and continue. Also thankful for him taking some home. It's the best thing for them. We'll miss them. We'll be sorrowful. We'll have grief and mourning. But we'll also have a joy that circles all of that. It's greater than all of that because we know they are with our King now. They're with the One who still does everything He's always done. And we're mm, so thankful for His faithfulness today. Hallelujah. But He goes on to say here, 
that in verse 16, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. Hallelujah. He just spoke the word and told the spirits to get out of them, and they left. He, he, he's that powerful. He's, he's that able. He's that loving and compassionate and merciful. He just spoke the word. He didn't ask, or, or what local church are you in? He didn't ask, have you done these things? He didn't ask, or have you reached some level yet? He, he just spoke the word and cast the devils out. That's my Jesus. Hallelujah. That's my Jesus. He's, he's not looking for you to reach some level of, uh, uh, of some perfection. He's not looking for you to reach some level of maturity. He saved you when you had nothing. He saved you when you were nothing. He saved you when you didn't love Him. He saved you. Because He loved you. And He's equipping you. He's giving you everything that you need for Him to function in and through you now to apply all the blessings and all the benefits of Calvary to your life through that measure of faith He's given you. Romans 12, 3 and 2 Peter 1 and 1. He's desiring daily to load us with benefits. Praise be to God. He, he, he cast out the spirits, we see in verse 16, with His Word, and He healed all that were sick. See, I love that. Nobody went home still sick. Nobody went home still crippled. Nobody went home with a devil that had been tormenting them up until that day. Nobody, all, that came had devils cast out. All that came were healed. If they came sick, they didn't go home sick. Hallelujah. That it might be fulfilled. He gives us the reason here why these things happened. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, talking about our faithful Jesus, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I don't care what you're going through. It don't mean I don't care about you. I mean, I don't care what it is that comes to attack us. Jesus, through his work at Calvary, bear that for us. And we going to make it, folks. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We may not make it the way we thought we were in the avenues and the way we had it written down, but we're going to make it because He bore our infirmities. And let me say it again. We're going to make it through back up here to a place of functionality or He's going to bring us all the way through to a place called home, a place called heaven, hallelujah, which is the best thing that could happen for us. But the best thing that could happen for the people here is that we stay and we keep supplying them with the bread of life. We keep putting the truth of God's Word on the table that my friends always points to Jesus and what He did to bear our infirmities. Glory to God. You see, Jesus could heal and Jesus could even forgive sins before He went to the cross because he had been eternally the Redeemer. He, he told Martha, he, he, when she kept talking about, uh, if you had been here, we know you could have kept Lazarus from dying. And then he tells uh, Martha about the resurrection. She says, I know, I know there's a resurrection coming one day. He says, no, you ain't getting it, honey. I am the resurrection. Well, that was before the manifestation of his being actually resurrected from the dead because at that point he hadn't even died yet. What I'm trying to get to is here, Jesus, before he was the crucified, buried, and resurrected Son of God in manifestation was already that to whoever would believe upon him. Hallelujah. Whoever he would touch, he was already that to them because he is the same, you got it, yesterday, today in our day, and there it is again, forever. He is who he's always been and will be who he's always been. So if he healed them 
I'd be crying out to him for your healing today if I were you in faith, knowing he's got that authority. Hallelujah. I said I'd be crying out to him if I were you. Him. He's the one who's got the authority. It's not a preacher. It's Jesus. Let me read that again in verse 17. These things took place, the Bible here tells us, that it might be fulfilled, that which was written, that which was spoken and written for us to see by Isaiah the prophet, which said himself, this coming Redeemer, will take our infirmities and he will bear our sicknesses. Glory to God. That's not just talking about sins. That's talking about all the, 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 the nasty effects and results of sin. Sickness, infirmity, and lameness and all that is a result of sin. We need to understand that. If there would never been sin, there would have never been sickness. Verse 18, Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus said unto him, The foxes even have holes to live in. The birds of the air that fly around, they have nests to dwell in. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The Son of Man he doesn't have a home here. Come on, somebody. Our home's in heaven. Jesus is letting us know this is not our home. Those who are trying to make the world their home are going to always be walking in a place that's contrary to the people of God who know this is not their home and are living in a way that proves they know this is not their home and they know they're headed to a country wherein righteousness dwells, and that's what they're longing to, to see. That's what they're long, a place they're longing to reach. And they're not getting comfortable in this world. They're not being distracted and all entangled by all the things in this world, yet they're striving together for the faith of the gospel. And you can't do both, my friend. I'm going to say that. You can't do both. If you're entangled in all the things that are going on in our world today and, and your heart leaps and, and you, you're more willing to get involved and take a stand for, for, for all these things that could be right to take a stand for, but you're not standing to the degree. You're not standing for the gospel to the degree you're standing. You're not outspoken for the gospel like you're outspoken for all these other things. You need to bring that perspective back into a place of balance and you need to find yourself striving together with those others who are striving together with those of like precious faith for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We put the gospel in the past too often. The gospel is what saved us in yesterday it's the only thing through which the power and the benefits come to keep us and to provide for us what we need today. And the New Testament says that there will be a grace because of that everlasting covenant that comes to us at the end of the race, at the appearing of Jesus. Oh, we need to know this. Don't be standing up being outspoken for all these other things that there's nothing wrong with being out speaking out against things that are wrong. But if you're involved in all that more than you're involved of the publication and the distribution of the gospel among those of like precious faith, not who once preached the cross, not who now are kind of milking down and moving away from, no, but those who are growing to become more determined than ever before to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, 
better have a wake-up call today. You can get mad at me. I know people get mad at preachers, but they're really mad at God because they don't like the rebuke. They don't like the correction that God brings through the ministers to come back to the cross, give it your full attention. Quit thinking this is your home. It's not. You're a stranger here. Awful things are coming. And you better mark my words. Even in Jeremiah 29, we see the Lord telling Israel, go go peaceable into the captivity that I'm sending you. You, Listen, it's more than about you going captive to the Babylonians. I'm the one who's sending you there. When you get there, make do. He didn't tell them to stand up on the street corner and fight tooth and nail all the way. He said, go. Now, I know there's a difference between that and what's taking place today. But the highest call... And the call God is looking to see the fruit of in our lives is the fruit of His righteousness. And when we get too entangled in the things of the world, and we know when we get too entangled because our heart thrives after that stuff and we just can't get enough. There are people today, Christians today, that know very little Scripture It's because they're not focused on that. They're all focused on the things that are going on in this world. Instead of listening to radio programs and broadcasts that would teach them the truth of God's Word, all all they do is keep it on that world, 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 world. Let me tell you folks something today who are listening to me. The information you're receiving from anywhere, if you're not there seeing it as an eyewitness, you're only hearing hand-me-down knowledge. So you better get in the Word so the one who you've been given to dwell in you can lead you in what is first-hand experience through faith in the cross, God's will taking place in your life. If somebody tells you something that somebody else told them that told them, you don't really have an assurance of what you're trying to spread. But you got the Word of God and that's what you call to spread. Everybody all right this morning? I know some don't like this kind of talk, but that's because they're, they're not used to real where the rubber meets the, highway, rubber meets the highway preaching and teaching, and that's what we need. That's what Jesus did. He'd come right down to it. In John chapter 6, Jesus told the crowd, He said, unless my Father draw you, you can't come to me. Well, they all went to the house on that remark. They all went to the the house on that remark. We need to, we need to, we need to accept Jesus' straightforward, blunt teaching. It's love, it's mercy, it's grace on offer. But sometimes we 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 don't like sometimes, just about no time do we like correction. That's why everybody the Lord is able to bring back to faith in the cross alone, let me say, more and more growing in that every day. He has had to teach us along the way that that is the only object of faith and that everything else has got to go. But here's where I'm going with this. When we first started hearing it, we all got mad because the truth comes against whatever it is we're using Scripture for to pretend that we got something going on with God. When the truth of Christ and what He did at Calvary begins to shine, we begin to see that somebody tries to offer that to us. If we're trusting in something that God's not given us to trust in, we'll get angry when we start hearing about the cross. I've been there, and I know for a fact that God's people will have to get mad before they get glad. And those who get mad and stay mad and and never journey on in again with, with a love for the truth... It's it's not going to be good for them. The Lord, we saw it today, came looking for faith. He was finding it, yes, some among Israel, but He says He hadn't found faith like that centurion in Israel. That's pretty powerful. He came looking for faith. That's why He had to go to Israel first because They're the only ones that really had the Word of God, that faith could come. They had the promise of a coming Redeemer. The world, they didn't have that, only Israel. (laughs) But I tell you, when he came for Israel and he couldn't find, 
hardly any faith in Israel. The Gentiles begin to re recognize him for who he said he was, the authority he came with. They begin to call unto him and cry out to him and, and, and want what he had to offer. And he began to, with compassion, offer to them what he came to offer to Israel. Are you okay today? And Jesus tells this guy in verse 20, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. There's no resting place in this world for Jesus or those who follow Jesus. The only resting place we have is in Christ. We're strangers. We're homeless in this old world. And we need to remember that. And another of his disciples, verse 21, said unto him, Lord, allow me to first go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Now see, that right there would make most mad. What do you mean? He don't want me to go and to my father's funeral? He just wants me to drop everything and come with him? Well, if we see who he is, we will. I said, if we see who he is, we will. Listen to that. Get this. Let me go bury my father. Then I'll come back and follow you. Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead take care of the dead. You follow me, the one who's offering nothing but life. Hallelujah. That's good stuff, isn't it? Praise be to God. Woo! And when he was entered into his ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm came up, insomuch that the ship was covered with the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. The ship was covered. This wasn't no big uh, 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 luxury liner ship. This was a wooden boat, fishing boat. And it was covered with waves, but Jesus was sleeping right through the storm. Get that. And his disciples came to him and woke him up and said, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now I want to point out something very important today. The centurion came with an understanding of authority. Look at what these men say. What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey Him. They weren't quite there. And, and, and these are His disciples. We're the disciples of Christ as Christians. We've been dealt the measure of faith. We've obtained that like precious faith. We have it, so we won't think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Thinking more highly of myself than I ought to, of myself than I ought to, is not exclusively one end of the prideful spectrum where I walk around thinking I'm better than everybody else, but the other end of that prideful spectrum is a false humility, a victim attitude where uh, 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 Jesus, I don't know if he can save me from this. That, that victim, no, Jesus came to save us to the uttermost. Hallelujah. And again, it may be He brings us through to a place of functioning again here, or He may bring us all the way through in death, through death to be home with Him. We need to always remember that. He knows what we desire, but our desire, greatest desire, over-encompassing all desire from our heart should be, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Hallelujah. These men are fearful because they don't understand what manner of man this is, the authority that he has to even stop the winds 
and that the sea obeys him. Now see, the centurion, he comes with a discussion. I'm a man of authority. I got people over me. I got people under me. I do what they say. They do what I say. He brings that to Jesus, that faith, saying to Jesus, I believe that you come in the authority of God, and I believe that that authority is over everything here. Therefore, I need you to heal my servant. And by the way, Jesus healed that servant. But these men, on the other hand, and, 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 and wait a minute before we jump to conclusions, they had faith in Christ or they wouldn't have been in the boat with Christ to begin with. They wouldn't have been His disciples. They wouldn't have been following Him. They wouldn't have been the ones Jesus said. It's not given to them to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It's given to you. Why? Because you're following me. You believe I am who I say I am. There was faith there. But there wasn't, and it wasn't a greater amount of faith what Jesus meant by ye of little faith was that ye of little trust in who I am. And see, it would take that experience because no experience is without the Lord trying to show us just how powerful, just how much authority, just what He's really able to do, just how much He loves us, just how merciful and gracious He really is. There is nothing that comes about without Him desiring for us to learn those things through it all with a greater picture of Him after it all so that we can have a greater love for Him, trust in Him when the test is over. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So watch this now. And this is what I, I feel like the Lord wanted us to see today in this chapter 8 of Matthew that Jesus is looking to see where we are. The, the, the Bible says He tests the righteous. But His soul hates those who do evil and violence. That's in the book of Psalms. We, go find it. But he tests the righteous. What's he testing? And what's the purpose of us being tested? He tests the righteous because he's looking for the fruit being that of righteousness, which is our trust in Him and who He is and what He came to do for us, hallelujah, so that we can experience more of the benefits of who He is and what He came to provide for us through His death at Calvary. He sees the centurion... Trusting really, I know, I know you've got the authority to do it. They wake Jesus up, sleeping, ship being covered in waves because their hearts are fearful because uh, situations and circumstances which we all have happened to us. And just maybe it's because God tests the righteous. He tested Job, so that the outcome could be more of God's faithfulness, more of God's benefits in our lives that all may see. Hallelujah. I'm out of time this morning, but I believe the Lord, and I didn't get through this. If you'll read the rest of this chapter, you'll see at the very end of this chapter, Jesus casting devils out of two lunatics and, and the devil's begging Jesus because they know the authority he has to, to cast them into a herd of swine and he does it. And they run down the hill and drown themselves, the devil's causing it. And the people from that town come out to see what's happened and they tell Jesus to get out of town. Because the hogs, the pigs died. Instead of being more interested in the authority he had and what he could do for them, get on out of here. So read the rest of the chapter. You'll see even more of the light of Christ and his power and authority and his desire to be giving us the things he died for us to have. So again, this has been a great, great broadcast for me as I continue 
to take steps in the direction of growth and maturity, being conformed in the image of Christ, that means being conformed in the image of His death. Amen. And we learn more about biblical faith only in light of the cross. And I'm thankful for that. I love you. I'm still praying for you. Going to be praying for you and you pray for us. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a financial blessing for this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And uh, tune in Sunday morning. We're going to have a grand time in worship with the Lord unless you're a part of another cross-preaching church. And uh, the best days are ahead for the children of God. The best days are, the best days are ahead for us children of the God. God bless you. I love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.